Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Church Online here at Cultivate Church. If you're our guest, man, we're so honored that you're here with us. We're in the first week of a brand new year, 2021. Come on, we all made it. We're here together. I'm honored that you're here with us today. We're in a standalone message, and today uh, we're, we're really going to be talking through the idea of prayer and fasting. Next Sunday, January the 10th, we're going to begin 21 days of prayer and fasting corporately as a church. And really, prayer and fasting, I think, should be a part of all of our lives on a consistent basis. And every year, annually, we do this as a church. And maybe there may be even more times throughout a year that we do it even personally on a personal level. And it all boils down to this passage of Scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It's a famous passage of Scripture. And it says this, If my people, God speaking, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. And I don't know about you, but if there's ever anything that we need to see happen ever in our lives, it's that. We need God to heal our land. We need him to heal our hearts, our marriages, our families, our spirits. Come on, we need to experience healing in our churches all across the world. And so we're going to take this time over the next 21 days, and we're going to tune out the world, and we're going to tune into God and, and align ourselves again more closely to His purpose, to His plan, to His will for our lives. So in the, over the next few moments, we're just going to kind of lay a foundation of prayer and fasting, and then I'm going to give you some steps, some uh, some practical things that you can begin to do and that we, begin, we can begin to think through and pray through as we walk into this season of prayer and fasting together as a church. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. Man, we're so honored that we get to be here in your presence together. All across the country, all over the state of Alabama, all over the place, God, people are gathered um, in their homes, maybe in their car, wherever they are, tuning in. God, we're just thankful that we get to do that. We get to be a part and open your word together. And God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. God, as we open your word, we believe that it's alive and breathing and for us. So Father, allow your word to speak to our hearts. God, to perform spiritual surgery on our souls so that we could live a life on purpose that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want to lay just a, a foundation of prayer and fasting. And the Bible talks about prayer and fasting. Jesus talks about it with his disciples in Matthew chapter 17. And we'll begin in verse 17. He says that Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then his disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And I love verse 21. It says, However... This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You see, uh, just previous, right before we began to read, you can read in verse 16 and before that the disciples attempted to cast out this demon. They attempted to perform this miracle but couldn't do it. And they were so baffled as to why Jesus could and they couldn't. And he told them, he gave them an answer. It was because of your unbelief. And then he said, even took it a step further, he said, but this kind, this issue... It can only happen through prayer and fasting. 
You see, what I've learned is there are simply circumstances that we walk through in life that require us to prioritize our faith. Prayer and fasting prioritizes our faith. And it, there are certain times in our life where it needs to be prioritized even more maybe than other times and seasons of our lives. And I love that we get to do this as a church every year where we just refocus, recenter at the beginning of every year. It's just a natural time for us to do that. Even now, I, th I believe people are looking at this natural time to, to reset, refocus from the chaos of 2020, and we're going to refocus and reset, and my hope is that we prioritize our faith. I know it broke my heart earlier in 2020 when we began to read the reports that uh, committed followers of Jesus, upwards towards 50% in America, they say, have pushed pause on their faith, and my hope, my prayer, as we enter into this new season, is that we will click that play button and that we will begin to reprioritize our faith in Jesus and we can begin to do that through prayer and fasting. Prayer is simply our connection to the Father. I think we make it so complicated at times and so many people out there and maybe you're one of them and think, man, I just, I don't know what to say or how to say it and I can't do it right and I'm just going to leave that up to the professionals. I'm going to let my pastor pray or I'm going to let my father pray or my mom, my parents are going to do that. That's for them or that's for someone else. I'm just not good at it. But can I tell you, don't overcomplicate it. Prayer is simply our connection to the Father. And there are times because of various reasons that our connection just isn't good. I remember like back in the day, my generation uh, was the first generation to actually get like consistent access to the internet in our homes. And I remember the old AOL. You probably remember that sound distinctively, right? You know exactly what it was like. And sometimes we would have to wait minutes, not seconds, but like 10 15 minutes at times for it all to connect so we could actually get online. And it was just fast enough for us to be able to do like simple chats or check our email. There was no way we were gaming or doing anything like that. And I remember over time as that connection grew stronger and technology got better, we were able to do more things through it. And you know, our, our prayer life is in really the same way. The more we learn and the more we do it, the better we get at it and the greater our connection gets. Can I tell you, your prayer connection to the Father will never, will never strengthen unless you practice it unless you put it to work. So stop thinking through the idea of I'm not good enough or I can't do it. It's simply our connection to the Father. And what is fasting? Where does that come in? Well, fasting, it turns down the volume of the world. It actually disconnects us from the world and it improves our connection to God. So in these moments in our life where we were able to just tune out the world, when we push the plate back, when we lay social media down, when we set things aside, when we fast things in our life, it allows us to turn down the volume of the world and turn up the volume of God. The, the issue is, is that many of us are often too connected to the world and not, and not connected enough to the Father. So we see these frequencies in our spiritual walk that it's staticky and we don't really know what's going on and we really don't have an understanding and our faith can be somewhat confusing or distant because we've said it before over the last few weeks, the more we miss, 
the less we miss. So the more we're away from it, the less we really worry about connecting into it. And if we can begin to tune out the chaos of the world and take the static out of the way and begin to clearly hear the Father, come on, how much more and stronger could that relationship be? The Bible talks about that disconnection in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. It says it this way. It said, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature... Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. What does that mean? It means it's always combative. It's always pushing against. It's really never in sync or in, uh, or in harmony with the Father. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. Verse 8, it says, That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. We read the same this passage in Romans chapter 12 last week, and it said, Don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you by renewing your mind. And when our mind is renewed off of ourself and back towards Him, we, we said it last week, hey, if culture is chasing it, look the other direction. The, when, it, when this scripture talks about our sinful nature, it's simply just talking about humanity. Humanity apart from God is always going to gravitate towards sin. Humanity, apart from the Father, apart from the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we will always gravitate toward mediocrity. We'll always gravitate toward a sinful nature. And Romans 8 is talking about that. And I love how he goes on to talk about it in verse 12. He says, only when you change your mind, only when you start, when you take your eyes off of your sinful nature, don't be controlled by your sinful nature, but be controlled by the Spirit, only when we change our mind, Romans 12, 2 says, will we be able to understand His good and perfect and pleasing will for our lives. Listen to what he goes on. Let's, let's go back, Romans 8, right here. The sinful nature can never please God until we're willing to change our mind, until we're willing to take our eyes off of self, off of culture, off of the world, off of social media, off of our own preconceived ideas, until we can take our minds off of those things and begin to redirect them to the things of God, we'll never be able to please God. When we set aside time, when we set aside time to pray and to fast, we're telling our nature, our flesh, to take a back seat. What are we doing? We're submitting our bodies Come on, that's our physical demands, maybe food, maybe a sinful nature, lust, desire, greed. We're telling our, our body, our physical body, we're telling our soul, our, that's our emotions, our relationship, our spirit, what connects us to God. We're telling all of those things, mind, body, soul, spirit. We're submitting those things to the Father. When we take time and set aside time to intentionally pray and fast, we're reconnecting and aligning ourselves with the purpose and plan of God in our life. So over the next few moments, I want to give you just some practical ways to begin to walk into this season as, as a church together. 
My hope is that we wouldn't waste this time, that this wouldn't be a season of 21 days, maybe like times in the past where it was just, I can't wait for this to be over. Man, my hope is that we would lean into this season and we would allow the Holy Spirit of God to chisel away at the things that don't belong and He would begin to mold us and shape us to be more like the Father in this season. That we would begin to see more clearly His perfect and pleasing will. That we would begin to live our lives on purpose in a way that honors him. So if you're taking notes, write these down. Practical ways. Number one, I need to know why. Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? Beyond what my pastor says I should. Why am I doing this beyond what my church is doing this? And I'm, I'm just going to do it because they're doing it. I wouldn't say that that's a horrible reason to do it because we all need some form of a why. And maybe that's your why and you're going to learn a lot through it. But what if your why could be so much more? You see, the Bible talks about it in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 6. The, the nation of Israel had a why, except their why wasn't exactly what God was hoping their why would be. You see, they were, they were living their lives and making decisions based on their own preconceived ideas and emotions and desires. And then they were fasting. They were, quite, they were fasting heavy. I mean, they were sackcloth and ashes, and, and they were fasting. Uh, they were going completely without food, and they were literally, um, quite honestly, I mean, it was so, it was just a difficult season. They were really punishing themselves, they thought, for the glory of God. And God was telling them, that's not even what I'm asking you to do. I'm not even asking you to do those things. Why haven't you asked? Why, what is your why? And listen to what he says. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you would break every yoke What's the yoke? It was the bondage, the, the, the shackles that were holding people down. He even goes on to say in, in, in chapter 58 to, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. He was saying your why should be much more than just hoping that you please me so that you can get your way. Prayer and fasting isn't a way to manipulate God. You see, Israel thought we're going to live the way that we want, but in this season we'll take time to pray and fast because then we can move the hand of God and we can get God to bless us and all of those different things. They had a wrong motive. You know, the Bible says it this way in the book of James. Hey, you don't get what you ask for in prayer because you're asking with wrong motives. You're praying, but you're not seeing the hand of God move. It's because your motives are or wrong. You see, prayer was never designed for us to manipulate God. Israel thought they were doing that in Isaiah 58, except nothing was happening. They were, they were fasting and they were, they were going hungry. They were starving themselves and all of the stuff that they were doing without. And it was for no good reason. It was all in vain because they had the wrong why. Their motives we're wrong. Come on, it's not a way for us to manipulate God. It's a way to align ourselves more closely to the will of God. Can I give you a hint to, to give you an idea of how you may know that you're aligning yourself with the will of God? You'll begin to see God answer your prayers. When you begin to see God move in your prayer time, it is a good indication that my life is more aligning with his will because prayer was never designed for me to manipulate God's hand. It was designed to bring me more closely to his will. So I would encourage you to set some goals. 
set some goals for this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And maybe you would ask God, God, what do those goals need to be? What is my why for fasting? Maybe it's for healing or wisdom. Maybe it's for a need in your life. Set some goals. And what do you sense the Lord is leading you to change moving forward into this new year? Remember the passage in Isaiah 58. Hey, you've got all these ideas that you want, but is this not the fast that I have chosen, says God, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Is that not what I have chosen? What's your why? And my question to you today would be, does my why line up with God's why? Am I aligning myself with his will? You need to set goals and you need to make a plan. Here's what I would tell you, that a goal without a plan is simply a good idea. A goal without a plan really doesn't amount to anything. It never actually gets accomplished. So you need to write it down. What's your why? Why am I doing this? Why am I stepping into 21 days of prayer and fasting with my church? What's the why behind it and what's my goal? What am I going to write down? And I'm going to put steps in place so that I can begin to see God move in my life. Maybe for the first time ever. Maybe in this season, your why is actually going to align itself with the plan of God and the will of God. And you're going to begin to see him answer prayers. You're going to begin to see what Ephesians 20 says. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, beyond anything we ask or think. According to his power that's at work within us. Maybe for the first time, we're going to begin to see the power of God work in us and through us. Because our why, our motive is correct. We're lining ourselves with the plan and will of God. Number two, I would say you need to know your what. You need to know your what. What does that mean? Well, the first thing I want you to know about the what is it really is less important than the why. Your motive matters more than anything when we walk into prayer and fasting. But your what, it needs to be challenging, it needs to be sustainable, and it needs to be accomplishable. You need to be able to do it. So many people step into uh, a period of prayer and fasting, and they challenge themselves with something that's just not attainable. I would challenge you that if you've never fasted before, you don't need to go on a 20-day liquid fast. If you've never fasted before, you don't, you don't need to step into something that probably is just not going to be, you're not going to be able to accomplish it over the, over the next 21 days. Pick out something, choose something, whatever it is. Maybe you're going to fast food. Maybe if you're going to fast some sort of food, you would choose to fast a meal a day. You'll set aside your lunch break, and during that lunch break, you'll spend some time in prayer, and you'll spend some intentional time with the Father. Maybe, uh, maybe you, you've done this for a number of years, and maybe you're going to challenge yourself even further, and you are gonna, you're going to fast all day long. Maybe you're going to fast from morning until dinner time, and you'll eat a meal with your family. Maybe you're going to push back the dinner plate completely. Maybe you, you feel like this is the challenge that you need, that this year you're going to go on a complete liquid fast. Maybe maybe this is you. Maybe you're going to do a Daniel fast where you're just going to uh, eat vegetables and fruit and you're going to do all do away with all the processed things. And you're going to, you can see that in the book of Daniel where he fasted for 21 days and he ate, it says he ate no pleasant thing. He ate all raw fruits and vegetables. Maybe you're just going to do away with sugar 
this year. Maybe that's what you're going to do. Maybe food's not even what you're going to fast. Maybe that's not something that challenges you, that you could go without food for days at a time and it's no big deal. But maybe what would challenge you this year is you're going to do away with social media. Come on, I think that's probably a good idea for all of us in, uh, in the season that we're walking into, walking out of the season that we've all come through. Maybe a, a good idea would have pushed pause on social media and culture and the things around for the next 21 days. I would say whatever you choose to fast, just make sure that it's challenging and sustainable and it's something that you can realistically accomplish. It needs to challenge you, but it doesn't need to cripple you. It doesn't need to be something that in four days in, you're no way, you're absolutely not going to make it. And I would also encourage you this with the what. If you mess up on a day, just get back on the horse tomorrow. It, it, it doesn't end. It doesn't, it doesn't completely demolish what God's doing in you through this season. Remember when you're focusing on the what that the why makes all the difference. Your motive matters more than your sacrifice. The sacrifice is simply the keys, the means to the end. Your motive matters more. What is your why? Why are you doing it now? Why are you doing it in this season? And then focus on the what. That's your vehicle. Once you have your why, then you can certainly accomplish the what. How much time? Another thing that we need to walk through as we think about our what, another what we need to walk through is how much time are we going to devote to prayer and the word? I would encourage you that over the next 21 days that you need to pick out um, a reading plan. And it's super simple. For me, if I didn't have a reading plan, I would never accomplish that goal. Remember, we talked about setting a goal and writing it down. It's just a good idea without a plan. So for the last handful of years, I've, I've actually done a, a, a chronological through the Bible in a year plan with some men here in our church, some families here in our church. And we've read through it every day together and we discuss it every now and then and we pray for one another. We hold one another accountable to reading the Bible through together. We're intentionally reading through the Word of God. Maybe you're going to start a reading plan, maybe for the first time ever. Maybe you, over the next 21 days, you'll read through the Gospels. Maybe you'll commit to read through the Gospels. Maybe you'll commit to uh, go a little deeper. And over the next 21 days, you're going to read through the entire New Testament. Maybe this year, 2021, would be a year that you commit to finally reading the Bible in its entirety over the course of the next 365 days. Whatever that looks like for you, I would challenge you to commit to getting into God's Word. How much time are you planning to spend in prayer? Can I tell you this? That even if I've committed to 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I know I've made a plan for what I'm going to fast, if I'm not intentionally making time to pray, then I will end up on day 21 having really not prayed at all. Can I tell you that fasting without prayer is simply just starvation? Fasting without prayer is simply just doing without you're really not doing anything unless you connect to the Father. See, fasting only improves my connection to the Father. So when I am tuning out the world, how much effort am I putting in to tuning in to the Father? Set aside a time every day to pray. Personally, for me, I like early morning. 
I know that that's not everyone. That's not everybody else in my family. It's certainly not everyone else on staff here at our church. I tend to be uh, a morning person. I haven't always been that way my whole life. I've trained myself to be that way, and I enjoy it now at this stage in my life. I enjoy being up before everyone else in my family most days. It isn't always that way, but most days, mornings are when I spend time with the Father. I would just say whatever that is for you, Set the time aside and don't let the things of this world steal that time away. Turn the television off. Listen, if you can't, uh, if you can't read the Bible on your digital device, I've got an iPad here. If you can't read the Bible without being distracted, come on, get the paper Bible. Pick up a, a, an authentic Bible. Figure out a way to decrease the distractions and increase your time with God. What does that look like for you? I'm going to set time aside. I'm going to intentionally spend it with the Father. I would encourage you to write things down. Write down through your prayer life. Write down what you're praying for. Document it over the course of 21 days. And I promise, when you're intentional with the Father, you'll tune into His presence. You'll be aligning yourself with His will, and you'll begin to see Him do more in you and through you than you ever thought possible. And then the third thing I'll share with you is you need to know how. You need to know how. You need to know why. You need to know what. And then you need to know how. Let me tell you why how is important. You need to go ahead and begin to prepare yourself spiritually. How am I going to walk through the next 21 days together corporately with my church? Well, you're making a plan. You've got a motive. Your why matters. Why am I doing this? And now you've, you're writing all of those things down. And now you know what you're going to fast. You know what you're going to set aside, the sacrifice that you're going to make. Whatever that looks like, some will be greater, some will be lighter. It's okay. It's the fact that we're doing it together and that our why matters most. I know why. I know what. Now how am I going to walk this out? Well, I would tell you that you need to take the next week and you need to begin to prepare yourself spiritually. Take some time this week and ask God what he may desire of you. I would encourage you as I remind you about Isaiah 58 again, let's not make the same mistake that Israel made. Well, I've got my own preconceived ideas. I think I'll, I think I'll fast chocolate or I think I'll fast fill in the blank. Or maybe you feel like I think I'll go on a 21-day water fast and that's not even what God has asked of you. I would say prepare yourself spiritually this next week for walking into this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting with the correct motive, with the correct why, with the correct what, so that we can begin to know how God is moving in our lives appropriately. Take some time and ask God. Simply ask Him. Come on, maybe He'll tell you like He told Israel, is this not the fast I have chosen? This is exactly what I would love for you to do over the next 21 days. This is what will please me. Remember, prayer aligns ourselves with Him. It aligns us with the will of God. So take some time this week and ask Him what the plan needs to be over the next 21 days. Prepare yourself spiritually. Come on, don't let it all be a waste. God had a different idea for Israel. He may have a different idea for you. Don't neglect asking Him, and He'll tell you what He wants of you. He'll always give you wisdom and understanding if we ask Him. So you need to prepare yourself spiritually, and then you need to prepare yourself physically. Are you fasting social media? then you need to go ahead and delete the apps off of your phone at some point this week. 
Maybe before the 21 days, you would only access it through your computer or you would only access it through a website or, or, or a web browser of some sort. And you're going to go ahead and delete the apps off and you're going to go ahead and delete the temptation of diving in over the next 21 days. You're preparing yourself physically. If you're, if you're fasting some sort of food, then maybe go ahead and get rid of all of those holiday sweets that are filling all of our cupboards and all of our shelves and all of our fridges. Go ahead and get rid of all of those over the next week and go ahead and get ready and prepare yourself for a food fast. If you're doing the Daniel fast, I would say prepare yourself. Get rid of all of the processed foods in your home. Go buy some fruits and vegetables. Go buy some fresh produce in your home so that you're setting yourself up. You're preparing physically so that you can accomplish what you're setting yourself out to do. You're preparing yourself. You're knowing your how. Are you, um, uh, are you fasting? Fill in the blank, whatever that is. Whatever it is that you're fasting, go ahead and prepare yourself this week to set yourself on a good, strong footing as we begin together praying uh, through prayer and fasting over the next 21 days. There's plenty of resources at cultivatechurch.tv. We can walk you through all different types of fast. Well, I want you to know, listen, we're in this thing together. We're a family, and we're, we're chasing after. We, we ended last week's message saying, hey, we're going to chase after God's purpose for our life in 2021. Can I tell you, I believe it. I've done it for years together with my family and with our local church, with our church here at Cultivate. This is a perfect opportunity to set our focus and to align ourselves with the purpose and plan of God. So let's do it together. I want to pray with you right where you are. Maybe you're here today and you would say, the greatest thing that needs to happen is you need to begin a brand new relationship with the Father. Maybe you're here today and you need to know that I can't do any of those things until I first begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. You would simply say something like this. Say, Father, forgive me of my sins. God, I'm so sorry that I've lived my life in my own preconceived ideas and my own emotions. And today I need to know that I'm beginning a brand new, fresh relationship with you. So Jesus, forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I'm going to live a life on purpose that honors you. I accept you as my Savior and I follow you as my Lord. Father, thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, 